are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to another episode of Call for Caring on Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I'm your host as we journey through caregiving together. The goal of the Call for Caring on Purpose podcast is to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Our our initial episodes will lead us to our third Atlanta Family Caregiver Expo on Saturday, November the 20th. We'll provide more details at the end of the episode. So today we're continuing our discussion regarding care options for your loved one. Three out of four adults over the age of 50 want to reside in their own home as they age. But as we progress in age, there's a need for assistance with tasks that maybe we could perform alone in the past. But as we live alone, at times we may may need assistance with certain things. And if we don't get that assistance, it could lead to safety risk or health risk. So we're talking again today about in-home personal and companion care that allows for you to have that care in your home. So I'm excited to have join our conversation today, two other Home Helpers owners. So I want to welcome Denise, Denise Jarrett of Home Helpers of Montclair in New Jersey, and Michelle Scott, Home Helpers of South Tulsa in Oklahoma. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good to have you. So what I want to do is for each of you all to share a little bit about your background and your current work. So Michelle, I'm going to ask you to start first. Okay, well, good afternoon, um, listening audience. I'm Michelle Scott, and I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I have um, been an owner of Home Helpers for approximately six years. And my personal background is a physical therapist, and I've worked as a physical therapist for the last 30 years. So. Awesome. (laughs) And I'm also a veteran. Okay, veteran. Oh, thank you for your service, Michelle. We certainly appreciate you in that way as well. You're welcome. Hi, I am Denise Jarrett, and I have had my Home Helpers franchise for four and a half years and I am based in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, my previous experience, it was really actually real estate for 18 years. And I thought this would be such a great transition for those homes that I sold. Now people are wanting you know, extra help as they get old. And I thought this would be a really good time with my real estate career of, of 18 years. So here I am. All right. Well, welcome to the conversation. And so today I want to talk a little bit about um, the tasks that are generally performed in a home. And as you know, we, they're identified as what's called ADLs, um, activities of daily living, living. So Denise, could you kind of talk a little bit about what are ADLs and what are IADLs? All right. So ADLs are the basic skills that we learn as we age. 
So that's feeding, walking, dressing, just, you know, your basic care needs to look after yourself on a daily basis um, to make yourself as comfortable as possible. And um, the IADLs are a little bit more complex. So they're more skills that you learn as you get older, uh, balancing a checkbook, making sure you pay your bills, um, navigating whether you need to go to a doctor's office or, you know, to pick up prescription, that kind of stuff. So they're, they're slightly different, but, um, but, but pretty much the same. Right. And I know for some, the simple way to define it is personal is more ADL where you're doing the, the touch care, right? And then the IADLs are more companion care. Well, I'm just assisting you to do some something, right. reminding you to take your meds or, you know, walking with you uh, down the street, right? Some more companion type of things. So, right. Okay. So as we, um, as owners of an agency, um, you know, we do have to make the critical decision of who we hire. And so, um, Michelle, can you talk a little bit about what skill sets of employees, what are the skill sets you look for in employees when you hire them? You know, are they licensed? Are they certified? What are you normally seeking? Well, what I'm seeking is individuals. The first thing I'm seeking is a caring heart. And that they care for the people that they're serving. Because caring is something you can't really teach someone. It's either you have it or you don't. So we do look for that quality um, in our interview process. And then the skill set, we're looking for certification. Are you a CNA? Are you a home health aide? Do you have experience with personal care? Um, Do you know how to uh, give someone a bed bath? Do you know how to assist someone in the shower? Are you aware of all of the the safety that's involved in getting in and out of the shower? Do you know how to use a Hoyer lift? Those types of skills. Now, those types of skills, everyone don't need to possess those skills, but there are certain clients who need hands-on personal care. And we have to make sure that we're sending in the person with those skills um, to meet those needs. And then there's companion care. And that's why I say I put caring first because you have to be caring to do personal care as well as, you know, just uh, being a sitter or helping with those IADLs. So, and the whole goal is I like to call my agency the assisted living at home. So we're Mm -hmm. assisting this individual to stay at home. um, So we're helping them with their cooking, cleaning, laundry, as well as their personal hygiene, because your personal hygiene is very important um, to maintaining your health. So um, that's what I'm looking for. Awesome. Denise, did you want to add anything to that? Uh, No, that she was pretty thorough. That's exactly um, what we do. I think some states are slightly different in that um, when you are, you know, offering especially personal care that you have to be certified. And here in the state of New Jersey, you have to be certified. So I think that would be the only difference. I know some states you don't have to be certified. Um, So uh, that's, that's something that we look for. Right. 
That's, that's a great point because each state does have certain guidelines and regulations. So for the state of Georgia, you can have certification, but you can also just have experience and pass a test that shows that you have some skill set, knowledge on how and why to do things. So that's a great point that we vary from state to state. But I think as Michelle said, the most important thing is that they are, they are caring and compassionate people. And equally important is dependability reliability and being on time, right? So while you have that caring person, we also need for them to be there and to show up. And so we want um, people to understand that when you're looking for someone to be in your home, that is not an unrealistic expectation to have someone that is dependable. That's what you deserve. And that's what you should have as well. Um, so as we talk about the skills, and of course, one of the first questions we get when people tell us they need this service is, how much does it cost and how am I going to pay for it? So um, is this covered by Medicare, Medicaid, commercial payers, out of pocket? So what are you all seeing as payer sources? So my agency, um, I have the option of signing up with um, the Medicaid Advantage program. And um, there is a department of um, disability that I could sign up for. However, I have not done that. Um, my clientele has primarily been um, veterans. Um, I have a contract with the Veterans Administration and I accept private pay. And I also um, work with individuals who have long-term care insurance. And then there is another program um, called the PACE program, and I just recently signed up with them. However, I don't see a lot of their clients because the relationship is still new. So Michelle, what is the PACE program? Is that a state-based program or is that federal? It is a state-based program. Uh, in order to qualify to be in PACE, it's more like a, it's like an all-inclusive type of insurance where they, if you sign up with them, they take care of all of your medical needs. And in that, they include um, homemaker services. So, um, but it's primarily for the indigent population. You have to, you know, be at a certain income level um, to qualify to be on that program. Okay, great, great. Denise? Yeah, um, just the same. We, at the moment, do not take Medicare or Medicaid, but we do work with uh, long-term health insurance and, of course, private pay. Um, and we're also, we do, uh, we have a veterans program as well. Okay. And just to talk about a little bit about the veterans program. So generally, um, and again, that would be a federal program because that is for the veterans. It normally comes under a pension called aid and attendance. And so that's an opportunity for a veteran and their spouse to, to potentially get dollars that can go towards their care. And so if you are a veteran, that's something that you do want to look in or your parent or your loved one is a veteran to see what the opportunities may be for them um, via the aid and attendance program. And so, and then I know in Georgia for us, we do have some state Medicaid programs in which we are a provider of those programs as, as well. Um, in which you have to qualify, as Michelle said, based upon financial needs. 
Um, and then long-term care insurance. Yes, we absolutely do that. And so we encourage um, our listeners to make sure that they look for long-term care insurance benefits for their loved one and look into them for yourself. Because as you're on this journey, you need to plan for yourself as well, right? Some of the things exactly. we're doing now, we hope to make better for the next generation. So I always encourage people if they have that benefit to take it or even if you have to take out a policy yourself, it's definitely worth um, looking into to be able to do that. And I know, Michelle, you mentioned about the Medicare benefit. Um, and so some of the Advantage plans were able to offer that. And I think it was supposed to start in January of 2019 um, because CMS approved that as part of their final rule. But we haven't seen plans in Georgia that are actually doing the Advantage plans um, that are covering these services right now. And so one of the things we often have conversations with when it comes to Medicare is for our our, um, families to listen to uh, be able to distinguish between our services, which are considered companion or sometimes custodial care versus actual home health, which is skilled care. And sometimes we have those conversations with our families that just make sure you ask for that distinction because they'll say yes, but they're really referring to home health. So you do want to make sure you use those terms when you're looking at payment as well. And then, of course, um, a lot of people take private pay because often that's what has to happen is that people have to pay out of pocket and plan for this. Um, so as we talk about, um, payment, that's some of the things that, you know, we, we hear about when we talk, we, we talk about home care. Um, can you share any other myths or falsehoods that you hear about home health that you kind of have to bust when you get started to kind of get rid of some of those images or things they may have heard? And Denise, I'll let you go first on this one. You know, there are so many, um, and I think, you know, the industry has had a bad rap because every time you see something on the news where something has happened, it's, right. it's abuse and, and it, it really doesn't look good. But the, the amount of times that happens is so few and far between. Um, so that's the one myth I'd really like to disperse that, you know, that what, what you see on, you know, your local news is not how we operate. Um, and again, um, you know, I think a lot of families think, I'm going to throw it a little bit the other way, that they can do this. You know, it's easy. We can all pitch in and we can do this. Well, it's it's not. It's very, very difficult. And without the right training and, uh, and the backup, with you know, from your office or company, it can be extremely difficult. So uh, not everybody can do it. Um, it, it is a real... Um, you know, it's a skill set that not many people possess. Right. Absolutely. Michelle, did you have anything to add to that? <clears throat> well, the, the myths about home health, um, one of the things is, like you said earlier, there is some confusion about what we do versus home health. And a lot of families need to know to distinguish that home health is a skilled service where there is a nurse or a social worker or a licensed professional dealing with a medical issue opposed to in home care, which is the services that we provide, where we're basically sending a caregiver into the home. Um, They do have skills, but under Medicare services, it's not a skilled service. So helping someone take a bath, um, 
and assisting them with getting dressed and feeding them, those types of things are not, um, when you want it on a, a, a daily maintenance level, um, those are the services that our agencies provide. So um, I think that's something that needs to be um, clear because I do get a lot of calls and right. say, send out a nurse for wound care and this, yes. that, and the other. And even though we do have um, a registered nurse, her role is not to provide skilled services. Her role is to do the assessments to make sure that um, our caregivers are providing the appropriate care. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, and so we try to get them to understand what a skilled service is, which is really like a short-term service. So the nurse comes in, does wound care, and she leaves. Or they do physical therapy and they leave. But for us, we're normally there for hours at a time to kind of do those day-to-day tasks. So exactly. yes, um, right. Um, and Michelle, can you talk a little bit about how you see the role of the professional caregiver and how they actually service their families? Well, um, well, our motto is to make life easy, right? So we want to keep our residents, our clients in their homes as long as possible. So that's normally the goal of the individuals that we're serving. And when we hire our professional caregivers, we train them in, um, you know, telling them that, Their whole purpose of being in that home is to help maintain independence at the highest level. So you want you want to go and help them, but you also want to be able to identify the things that they can do for themselves so that they can um, maintain a level of independence as well as personal dignity. So. I believe that the role of the person, um, the professional caregiver is, um, is extremely important because they're enhancing that client's life. Absolutely. I think that was said perfectly. That, that's exactly why we're there to enhance that person's life and also the family caregivers because it gives them the relief that they actually need whether they recognize it or not initially. And once we're in there, they see the impact and the differences in what we've done when we had that caregiver there. Um, Denise, you want to add something to that? Yeah, no, I mean, Michelle, you've, you've nailed it again. <laughs> no, that's absolutely right. Um, that's what we're there for. And, you know, to alleviate any strain or stress from family, especially if they don't live locally, um, you know, we're, we're the, the go-between, we're the sounding board, and um, we can alleviate any fear or concerns that the family have on a day-to-day basis. Right. So Denise, um, as we talk about, um, you know, kind of what's expected in the home for the professional family caregiver, can you talk about if a family is looking for a caregiver, what should they be seeking in a home care agency? What are some requirements the family should expect that this agency has? Well, you know, we, it's, that's, uh, that's a little difficult. I mean, you know, we promise, uh, I promise to be there, to be, um, you know, like I said, the sounding board and, and to be that go-between between the family and their loved one. 
Um, and we do everything within our power to do that. Um, and I think anybody that's looking for home care, just make sure that the, the home care agency has a backup plan. What if the caregiver doesn't show up or it's a snowy day or, you know, what, what do you have? Um, how flexible are you to shift change? You know, if now my loved one needs extended hours can can that be done and how quickly um obviously again certification all i know us at home helpers we're all licensed bonded and insured you know make sure that when you are getting a home care agency that they too are licensed bonded and insured um and uh, ask questions get references um you know it's it's not it's not a secret what we do and we you know, we're quite willing to open and, and have those conversations and to reassure all family members that we're going to be there for them. Absolutely. Michelle, would you like to add anything to that great answer? Yes, that she pretty much covered it all. But one thing I would like to add is background checks. We do mm -hmm. background checks because we want to make sure we're not sending crazy to your house. That's and right. we do our due diligence yeah. yes. and not just, you know, there's the background check. Then there is, you know, how does this person present at an interview, you know, mm -hmm. and is this person, so we're making a subjective also assessment when we're interviewing these people, um, you know, do you, are you trustworthy? Does this person seem like they're trustworthy? Um, do they uh, know how to articulate um, and communicate well? Um, and that's very important. And, you know, and do you have a helper mentality? You know, are you going to go in the house and really, um, you know, make yourself available for the person that you're helping? So we, we try to, and we strive to um, go through this, Inter, uh, interview process to where we're trying to figure out who this person is and make an assessment. Will we, I don't send a caregiver to someone's house that I'm not willing to send to my own parents' house. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's it in, in a nutshell. Are you willing to have that person to care for you or your loved one, right? And so that's what we try to identify. And then some of us do drug screens as well. It depends on the state whether you have to have fingerprinting or not. Georgia now is a finger, finger, fingerprinting state as well. And so um, we do have to do fingerprinting with the background checks, but definitely we do try to check and make sure that people are going to be in a safe environment as well. Um, so how has your own personal journey as a caregiver impacted the work that you do and who you hire? We just talked a little bit about that, but how does that impact the work that you do now? And uh, Denise, you can start. Uh, when I started my business, um, I uh, got caught a couple of times where I wasn't quite ready or didn't have the right caregiver. And one of the things that I always said to to myself was that you know if I get uh, a case and I'm looking after someone if I I know how I would like to operate what services I would like to bring and in my training when we um, employ a caregiver um, the training that we go through is a little bit um, more um, how I see myself 
what I would do myself. Of course, we have the basics that have to be covered and, and obviously they have to have their clinical training as well as their, you know, in classroom training. But there's also just the little niceties, um, you know, how would you like to be greeted every day? What would you like to be called? Um, you know, some people like to talk about their home life and their family life. So from my experience as being a caregiver for my own company, um, I, I've adapted my training and the girls and guys that I hire that are going to um, respond to situations the way I would. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, for me, during my personal journey, which um, now actively involves a parent that um, I help to care for with my sisters. And so I can understand and empathize with the families when you're bringing different people in or they're not a good um, fit for your family because of the soft skills or the personality and how they respond and how they don't respond. Um, and I just think that because I'm journeying through family caregiving as well, then I can understand what the family caregiver wants, um, or I try to understand what they're looking for. But being in that situation with caring with my loved one, um, it helps you to better identify the needs from a different perspective. And so we try to do that as we encourage our caregivers to communicate with the clients when we do the matching as well. So I think just being in the thick of it allows for us to understand the client a little better as well. Michelle, how would you say your personal journey has impacted what you do? Well, you know, I, I can see it from both sides. Um, you know, working as a physical therapist, um, most of my adult life and caring for individuals and, and, and learning how to listen and hear what people are saying, even when they're not saying it and, and knowing the right questions to ask. And then also, I am also a family caregiver because I moved my parents to live with me last year. So I have um, an 86 year old dad and an 82 year old mom who is now receiving services from my agency. So I am also a customer of my, <laughs> of my agency. So, so I get to see, um, you know, like Michelle said, the soft skills, um, you know, and I get to see the, the caregivers that my parents respond more favorably to in the ones that they don't. So, mm -hmm. and, and I always try to use that as teachable moments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so as we kind of come towards the end of our discussion, I, I just um, hope that our listeners understand um, that it is worth trying. And I know most of us want to stay in our home and your loved one probably does want to stay in their home. So just to at least have a conversation with an agency that you may see as a recommendation or what's recommended to you, you can search, certainly search and do research on that agency. Um, but we do want to be able to um, provide that um, support to those who need it. And so Michelle and Denise, uh, I'm going to ask each of you to tell me what's one action that you would recommend that our listeners take immediately after, immediately after listening to the podcast. And Denise, I'll let you start. Um, call around, you know, ask neighbors, ask friends, who have they used? What agency did they use? And of course, if your loved one is in a um, hospital or a care facility, ask the social workers. They have a wealth of knowledge as far as local 
home care agencies and ask questions. No, you know, if you have to call five or six agencies, call five or six agencies until you feel comfortable with the right one. That's and Michelle. I would say um, have a list of questions. Um, and the key question is what is the agency's due diligence in terms of hiring um, caregivers and finding out, you know, what is your turnover rate? And, um, and also a question of if this caregiver is not the right fit, what is the next step? And are you willing to send someone else to make it work? And the thing I would like to add to that is my um, clients, I try to give them realistic expectations, right? Because, you know, we do strive for um, a good fit, but sometimes it takes, you know, a few encounters with a caregiver. So everybody kind of warms up to each other and understands the boundaries. Um, and, and so that clients don't think that, you know, we can just cherry pick caregivers. So as an agency, we strive to do the right fit, but we don't want to just be running a whole bunch of different caregivers through a client's home. So, um, and, and it all starts with communication and conversation and making sure we're setting the right boundaries and everybody understands what's expected. Absolutely. And you know, those are all great actions. And I'm going to add um, researching your availability to be able to pay for the care. So sometimes there are opportunities out there. We talked about the Medicaid program. Sometimes there are grants in your states. Dementia foundations often have grants. It may be $500. It could be $1,000. Um, but just kind of seek and see what the opportunities are out there. Sometimes there may be funding through your commercial insurance plans. There are commercial carriers who do carry certain plans that will cover sun and home care. So um, don't let that stop you. I would say continue to seek opportunities where you can have this benefit, even if it's for respite care, meaning you just go away for a few days or just to give yourself a break. Um, so I want to thank you all so much for joining me. I know that this was great information to our listeners. And so Michelle, I'm going to ask, how can they get in touch with you? Website, phone number, if you could share that. Um, before I do that, I wanted to add one more thing to piggyback off of what you just said. Sorry. (laughs) So the veterans administration, there are so many veterans out there who have the benefit of getting these services that they don't know that they are eligible for these services. So I want to encourage if you served in the military and if you are receiving VA benefits, you need to contact your VA office and find out if you qualify for these services because I have signed up so many people who just called and that was willing to pay privately when they were eligible to receive these benefits. And I walked them through the process and I got them um, the the benefit to pay for the services. So so how you get in contact with me? Um, My website is homehelpershomecare.com 
facebook.com forward slash South dash Tulsa. And my office number is 918-884-6022. Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, Denise, how can I get in touch with you? So I am www.homehelpershomecare.com forward slash Montclair, M-O-N-T-C-L-A-R-E. And my number is 973-461-3185. Wonderful. Thank you all so much. And you can reach us at www.homehelpershomecare.com forward slash in dash Atlanta. That's 404-624-4663. And all of us have the goal of making life easier for our clients um, and their families. Um, But there are a lot of opportunities for you all to look at agencies that will provide that service for you. And you just want to make sure that it's a comfort level for you. And there's a team with that agency because you are a team. You all have the goal of making your loved one's life have a quality of life, but also your life as well is impacted. Um, So again, thank you to Michelle and Denise. We appreciate all your information. Um, And we're going to go ahead and do a sponsor break. So after our break, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more um, about this process with a nursing supervisor who works directly with the families, creating their customized plan of care, working with the caregivers. So thank you. And we'll be right back. Call for Caring, in partnership with Impact Church, presents the 2021 Atlanta Family Caregivers Expo on Saturday, November 20th, 2021, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. The event will be held outdoors in the Impact Courtyard to ensure the environment complies with all CDC guidelines. Attendees may also participate via Zoom and Facebook Live. The Atlanta Family Caregivers Expo is a great opportunity for family caregivers to find the resources they need to ensure a quality of life for their loved ones and themselves, including COVID-19 testing and vaccinations, flu vaccines, blood pressure and glucose screenings, speaker series, one-on-one consultations regarding caregiving issues, raffles, care scholarships, and much, much more. This year, we will offer complimentary companion care for your loved ones. Space is limited, so register early. You can register today at callforcaring.org. Thank you to our gold sponsors, Home Heifers of North Atlanta, Impact Church of the United Methodist Church, North Georgia District, AARP Georgia, Cigna Medicare, and Pruitt Health. Welcome back. We want to thank our sponsor. We're continuing our conversation about in-home personal companion care. So there's no one better to share the experience about in-home care than our very own Gwendolyn Washington. She's our nursing supervisor for Home Helpers of North Atlanta. Welcome, Ms. Washington. 
Well, thank you, Michelle, for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So can you please share your background and, and your current work? Yes. Um, I got my BS degree in nursing from Tuskegee Institute, which is now Tuskegee University. HBCU. And, yes. <laughs> and uh, from there, my first career job was here in Atlanta with Crawford W. Long Hospital, which is not, which now is Emory Midtown. And while at Crawford Long, I um, uh, started in intermediate care, and then from there moved into the uh, surgical intensive care and worked in surgical intensive care for a while, and then I became uh, the um, the charge nurse in the intensive care. And while I was in intensive care, when we just get beginning to start the open heart surgery um, process, went to Emory uh, University there for Emory Hospital for the training of nurse, for the nurse training of open heart and came back and we trained the other staff members. And from there, my journey continued to work in the position as occupational health nurse for the U.S. Postal Service. And why the U.S. Postal Service uh, became uh, occupational district owner, what we call. And from there, I became the area occupational health nurse administrator and worked there until I retired from the Postal Service in that position. Okay. So now, now you're here. Now I am here working with Michelle with Home Helpers North Atlanta. And it is a pleasure working in, in home health because yes. in, in home health, there's a lot that you can bring to the families. And with that, um, in this, this position, I'm the supervisor uh, for the caregivers, the aides. And with that, not only that, I meet with Michelle and, and then we have our meetings and all like that and, and the whole staff. And also with the position that I'm in, when I go to do the initial assessments or the reassessments, I formulate a service plan or a care plan that meets the need for that client, whether it's, it's, it's not only for the medical aspect of it, but also the mental aspect of it too. And what we do is, before the caregiver goes to out to the client's home, they are aware of everything that goes on with that client. From there, you establish a relationship with the family and also with the caregiver. So your work involves you direct working directly with the client and the caregiver and kind of um, initiating the assessment, um, and then also then the plan of care for them to work every day. That is um, correct. 
And so when you're completing that initial assessment or you're doing your supervisor visits, what other things do you kind of work to help the family with to kind of make sure that they have a quality of life, but also maintain safety? What I do is I go in and inspect the home as far as the safety aspect of it, whether or not they have fire extinguisher, uh, whether or not that they have uh, smoke alarms or any other kind of um, security for the, for the for the home, and I um, look at the electrical aspect of it, whether or not they have the electrical cords and all of that out of the way, so that the uh, client would not trip. Don't want to have any uh, trips and falls. So that is very important and ensure that whether or not that they have grab bars in, in the bathroom uh, or whether or not they have the, the uh, right equipment for uh, the client in the bathrooms. And also uh, if there is a danger of, of having the microwave on, especially if you have a, a dementia uh, uh, client. And also you look to see the, whether or not the exit, there's proper exit in case there is a fire, uh, any type of emergency. And um, also look at the locks and things on the door and make sure that there are no rugs or anything that will cause the client to have uh, further injury that will prolong them with their uh, illness. Okay. One of the other things I know in general that's kind of part of that plan and, and monitoring mm -hmm. of the families um, also includes um, looking at medications. Are they being refilled? Um, also, yeah. you know, physician appointments, um, you know, sometimes not just for the client, but also the family members to make sure that they're taking care of the, themselves. And so all of that is important. If someone has in-home and personal care in their home that that nursing supervisor is looking at everything to try to make sure everything, that they're yes. doing well and maintaining appointments and, and following yes. up as well. Yes. And also uh, there are times that, that uh, I have to uh, make appointments for uh, the client. And there has been a time that having to carry the client to the appointment. So all of that is, is inclusive in that. So, um, and also try to help the family, as you talked about with the medications, have the bubble bubble wraps and have the pharmacy to, to fill it that way so it won't be a medication error. So that, that, that part there is very important. And, um, and also there may be a time that, that the client family needs some assistance in, in knowing how to maybe prepare certain foods, whether or not that food is, has too much sodium in it or, or those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And show have them to do a meal plan for the family, for the right. client. Right. And you know, you just brought up peel packaging. I think that's so important. There are a lot of 
services now through insurance plans or uh, drug stores that provide pill packaging. So you, it's already prepared. You don't have to worry about the little compartments filling the pill trays. Um, often you can reach out to your uh, current drugstore, carry your prescriptions and ask if they do pill packaging. So that's a great way to help the family givers family caregivers to save time, but to also be accurate in when they're giving their That's family right. uh, medications. And so as we're in this pandemic, things have changed. And so how has the way you connect or communicate or see families and caregivers changed since the pan pandemic? Well, um, what has changed is that every 14 days, I do um, what we call COVID-19 uh, screening. And with that, it's, it's for the client and also uh, the caregivers are the aides. And with this, there are questions and ask, keep up with whether or not that they have had the COVID uh, testing or uh, even now, since the vaccines are, are available, inform them whether or not they've had the vaccine and then inform them as to where they can go to receive vaccines and also tell them uh, the locations where they could go to get their testing. And it, I still communicate with the, with the caregivers and the clients the, basically the same way, either telephonically and then I have to go out, you know, depend on what type of service that the caregivers are in for me to go out 60 days or 90 days. Right. And, you know, um, now in this pandemic, you know, all agencies really should be supporting their caregivers with the basic PPE of masks and gloves um, and even hand sanitizer. Um, right. It's very important that they should be supplying those to make sure that everyone is covered, whether they're vaccinated or not. Exactly. Uh, can you share a little bit about how your personal journey has impacted what you do every day for our clients and caregivers? Well, my personal uh, journey began when I was a teenager. And as uh, when I was a teenager, I had to help care for my godmother's mother. And it was it was in it was intense care. And from, from there, having to uh, take care uh, of my sister um, and, and be her advocate uh, when she developed Guillain-Barre syndrome. And, and, and with that, having to be her advocate, and it, it's, it, it is a big journey for a caregiver. And, and I had so much compassion, not only for my sister, but compassion for my parents because that was their oldest child. And then having to help to take care of both of my parents. And because since I am a nurse, my family depend totally on me. And, and it is, it has made me be, to be a better person, although I, I'm a compassionate person, but it made me want to be more of an advocate also to our clients and, and not, not only to the, our clients, 
but also to our caregivers because our caregivers have issues just like our clients have issues. And with this pandemic, it we, we have to work as a team. And that's what I love about it. And that's what I tell our clients and our caregivers. I said, we are a team. If we work together as a team, we can get a lot of results. And that holds so true. And so with that, I'm compassionate. It made me be more cognitive of how people are. And I do what I want others to do for me. I put myself in their place. I say, this could be me, uh, another member of my family. How would I want them to care for me? I do for them just the way that I would uh, want somebody to do for me. And I make that known that that's, right. that's why we're working as a team. Yes. And I, and I, I mean, that, that's definitely seen every day by what you do for the families. And I think that's just so important that when people have that personal experience, they have the empathy that's needed in order to give excellent care. And so we thank you for that because you certainly show that to all of our families, but that, that should be an expectation to any of our listeners who has an agency they're working with or considering agency. You do want people in there who are, who are empathetic, sympathetic and want to be able to help you to kind of make you and your family's life better. So Ms. Washington, if there was two actions, you had to pick two that you would recommend the listeners um, take today, what would those actions be? Those actions would be if, if you are a caregiver, think too of yourself. You cannot be a good caregiver if you are not uh, in good shape. You have to just step back and, and just, just take a look at yourself because you need a little pampering too. And the other thing is to get in-home service. I recommend that because being a caregiver, it is a lot of work. And, and it's so stressful upon you. And there are a lot of the things that you might miss that others could see. And if you have a family, get together with your family. You got, you have some people who are better and deal with the finances. Some people, uh, you, members of the family, uh, grocery shoppers, those kind of things that help to keep from being stressful. And a lot of caregivers, they are, they're working. And they can't be right there with the uh, their loved ones that who need care. So that's why in service care is is a a great thing to have. And a lot of seniors nowadays they want to stay in their own home, right? And when they're moved out of their home, I've seen them decline so much yeah. they just give up. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that was, you, you heard it right from Ms. Washington that so two of the things you definitely want to do is take care of yourself. Um, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast to give you resources and ideas that help you be able to have support so you can take care of yourself as well. And then also look at in-home personal care. And so Miss um, Washington, uh, we to access the website is www 
www.homehelpershomecare.com forward slash in dash Atlanta. That's www.homehelpershomecare.com slash in dash Atlanta. Um, the office number is 404-624-4663. So I want to thank you so much for all the information you provided and the great job you do every day, Ms. Washington. Thank you. And it's a pleasure working for Home Helpers. Absolutely. Thank you. So we do want to remind you, um, our 2021 Atlanta Family Caregiver Expo is on November 30th. You can find out more information about the expo and register at www.callforcaring.org. The event will provide information about in-home personal care, other home-based resources, um, there's a speaker series, access to the virtual dementia tours by Second Wind Dreams, uh, consultations with a nurse like Ms. Washington. We call them our care ambassadors. Um, you can speak with a pharmacist. There's financial and legal information. And then we want to treat you special that day as well. So again, we hope that you register for the expo. The Call for Caring on Purpose podcast is part of the Finding Your Forte channel on Up To Me Radio at www.uptomeradio.com. It can be heard via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. So we hope today's episode of Call for Caring on Purpose podcast has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.